0: Here's an oldie but a goodie from the archives, part of the Side Hustle Show Greatest Hits Collection. How 25 Side Hustlers Earn Their First Entrepreneurial Income. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because you're the master of your own financial destiny. Today's show marks the four year anniversary of the podcast. And to celebrate, I wanted to do something a little different. So I invited members of the Side Hustle Nation community to share their stories on how they made their first job free income. In the voicemails that follow, you'll hear firsthand the steps your fellow listeners took to put themselves back in the driver's seat of their financial well being. And whether it's a head first dive into entrepreneurship or a cautious little toe tip, the impact is powerful. In my TEDx talk, I explained how your sense of independence and self-worth skyrockets the moment you make your first dollar outside of a traditional job, and I still believe that to be true. So stick around to hear how other hustlers are getting it done, listen along, and see if you can spot the patterns and see what tactics you can apply to your own business. And if you're curious about my answer to this question, I actually answer it a few times back in episode 68 of the show, which was called How I Made My First Sale in Six Different Businesses. I'll link that episode up, plus list all the participants you're about to hear in the show notes for this episode at slash 230230 I'll be back with my top takeaways after the clips. First up is Rich Jones from paychecksandbalances.com.
1: Ready? Let's do it. Hey Nick, this is Rich from the Paychecks and Balances podcast at paychecksandbalances.com. So I've had a few firsts with side hustle income. I felt the excitement as a blogger, freelance writer, and podcaster, but my very first side hustle income was as a career consultant. At the time, this was about 2008, I'd been working as a corporate recruiter, so I got really good at looking at resumes, cover letters, and figuring out what hiring managers wanted. And I realized I could take this skill that I was using by day and turn that into something that could benefit others by night. I'd already been helping people with their resumes as favors and realized they were getting interviews and jobs. I was getting a thanks. So them, money, me, none. It's not always about the money, but hey, if I'm going to spend hours doing something, I might as well get paid for it. And so I realized I could charge for the service, set up a website, created one of those contact forms you love so much. And I remember telling a potential client $200 when they inquired, I thought they were going to reject it. I didn't know anything about pricing, but they accepted with no questions. And so I was blown away that something that came so naturally to me could be turned into a revenue stream. Now, I did eventually learn that the service based business model didn't work for me, given the demands of my day job. So I'm an introvert and my job is to talk to people all day. So my nights and weekends are sacred. But before scaling down that operation, I did work with other clients who paid some as some more than three hundred dollars for various levels of consulting services. So there are a couple of lessons here. One, it's important to think about how skills you're using by day can then be turned into side hustle skills by night. And then also this idea of setting up a business that works well with who you are. So I talked about me being an introvert. This was really draining on my energy. And if you don't think about this and you chase money, you may end up setting up a business or service where you can't deliver because you get burnt out, which is going to affect the quality of your product. It's going to affect the quality of your service. And it's going to ultimately impact your brand, which is something that you don't want to happen. So that's my story. Once again, Congrats on four years and hustle on. Rich wasn't the only one who got their start doing career consulting, although for Julie Morgan Lender
0: of nesteggchick.com, it took a minute to build up the confidence to say yes and put a price on our service.
2: Hi, Nick. Happy anniversary to you and the Side Hustle Show. I've been a big fan for a while now. My name is Julie Morgan Lender, and I am a financial freedom coach at Nest Egg Chick, which is nestegchick.com. Before I was a financial freedom coach, I did a whole bunch of other side hustles, you could say. My first one would have been sometime as a kid, I'm going to focus on my first recent one, which would have been back in 2010, which was the height of the Great Recession, and everyone seemed to be looking for work. I had quit my job where I was unhappy. So I had lots of free time and I started going to a lot of meetup events that a friend of mine ran. They were social with a bit of a networking component thrown in. So people were always asking each other what they did. And I had fun matching up job seekers with job openings I knew about. So I asked everybody what they did. And then I would cringe at their answers. They were not ideal answers for getting a job. I had done hiring for years. I'd read hundreds of resumes. I interviewed a ton of people as part of my previous job. So I would try to gently correct them and make their pitches a bit better and tell them what they should do on their resumes. And one night, three different people asked if they could hire me. So, what did I do? I said no because I didn't do that. I was not yet in the side hustle mindset. And then I got home and realized that I was missing a great opportunity. So, after that, I always said yes if somebody said they were interested in hiring me, but I didn't pitch myself very much or very well. I did manage to get three clients, but that was all just three clients. It was a nice try though. In hindsight, I did a bunch of stuff wrong, but it was a great learning experience, and I would like to believe that I've learned from some of those mistakes and that my new hustle is hopefully not making the same ones. So that was my first attempt, and hey, at least I tried, and three clients is better than nothing. So thank you for all of the great information and inspiration you share. You have definitely helped me out.
0: Matt Tran took aim at a similar problem, but instead of dispensing career and resume advice one-on-one, he took to the airwaves and created his Engineered Truth YouTube channel.
3: Hey, my name is Matt. My first non-job income was from my YouTube channel that I created four years ago. I started it because I was looking for accurate career information on YouTube and I couldn't find it. So I sought to make the first accurate and honest career channel that talked about the less desirable parts about jobs and now it has turned into a full-time income for me and has let me travel the world it can be found on youtube it's called engineer truth
0: so you can find matt at engineeredtruth.com and while he focuses on education for his channel it was entertainment that brought shane from mockmetrics.com his first side hustle income
4: Hey, this is Shane Labs. My very, very first side project was almost 20 years ago back in high school. Um, I decided I wanted to start a website from scratch. And so I created a joke website where I scoured the internet and looked at newsletters every week to try and aggregate the best jokes. And I updated that my website every week for about a year and a half when I was in high school is just kind of a fun little Hobby slash side project, and I brought in a little bit of revenue from advertising. But I ended up selling it on eBay for about five hundred dollars, and I was pretty excited because that was a lot of money for a high schooler um, back in the day, twenty years ago. But actually, one of the individuals who lost the bid on the eBay auction ended up contacting me and having me work for him doing a bunch of other random stuff um, that, you know, I got to set my own hours and rate and everything. Um, so it ended up being a more successful, uh, venture than just a one-time eBay sale in addition to some advertising. So anyway, that was my very first, uh, side project adventure and that was kind of fun to reflect on. So thanks, Nick.
0: I love how that one project turned into quite a bit more through the freelance connection. And I think it's a great illustration of how good things can happen on these buy button platforms like eBay. Now, it was a different buy button platform that led Dr. Caitlin Foss from DrCaitlinFoss.com to her first freelance clients, though.
5: Hi, my name's Caitlin Foss, and I found Side Hustle Nation in January of 2016. Nick's had a lot of guests who have talked about Upwork. And so last spring, I decided to take the leap and try it out for myself. I put myself out there as an editor of papers and quickly I found a lot of work for helping people with master's theses and finishing dissertations and academic journals, articles that needed to be edited. Of course, this all makes sense now because I'm a psychology professor and I earned my Ph.D. in 2013. But at the time, it felt really scary and overwhelming to take something on like that until I heard the episodes on Side Hustle Nation. Uh, Now on Upwork, a year later, I've earned over $1,000. And that opportunity led to a lot of coaching opportunities. And I have an entire business that has a reoccurring revenue of about $500 a month right now. And that's just one year later after jumping in. And editing papers might sound really boring, but what's really cool about it is that the clients over the past year have really talked to me about how meaningful it was to them. So one client helped him with his dissertation. He was so grateful for my help and he told me that I should be doing this for everybody and that I had a way of about talking about statistical analyses that made it easy to understand. And another client, her, uh, she actually had a baby right the week before her dissertation was due. And so I helped her finish that up. And so it's really making those meaningful differences in people's lives that I never would have even imagined from working jobs on Upwork. So if you've felt scared or haven't taken the leap yet, I can only encourage you to do so because Side Hustle Nation and what Nick's done here has been so helpful to me. So happy anniversary, Nick. Thanks.
0: Next up is serial hustler Michael Alder from TakingActionToday.com and his story about spotting an opportunity and making something happen.
6: Hey, hey, it's Michael Walter here from takingactiontoday.com. And my very first side hustle came about when I was 18 years old. I was fresh out of high school and my very first job was pulling out disgusting old carpet in the carpet installation business for a guy. Now I was making $10 an hour, working about 30 hours a week, and I had to figure out a way to really increase my income. So what I did was I started paying attention to the business in front of me, trying to figure out little tips and tricks that I could do on the side after hours to really boost things. And what had fallen in my lap was I was listening to a warehouse manager saying they had to get rid of all the remnants to make room for new inventory, and he was going to sell them all for $20 a piece. Now, I knew customers were paying $200 a room to have these same remnants installed in them. So what I did was I scraped up the little money I had. I started buying the remnants that they had available. I was storing them in my garage, and then I had printed up business cards because we didn't have resources like Craigslist back then. And I would go and connect with my friends that were used car salesmen and progressive insurance people. Now, the reason I connected with them is because they're constantly talking to people and I was using them to help promote me. And I let everybody know I had the best deals on carpet, give me a call if they needed anything. And in a very short period of time, I was reselling these $20 remnants for $200 a room and ultimately scaled that model into a six-figure annual income after a few short years. Now, although this is the least sexy business model out there, this talk, me very early on that if you could understand sales, marketing, and hustle, you are really in the driver's seat of what your income potential is in life. So that was a great, great wake up call and it kind of paved the way for me on my future hustles that I got involved with.
0: Next, I got a voicemail from L. Martinez from couplemoney.com. The recording came through a little distorted, so I'm going to do my best to summarize, but I wanted to pair hers with Mike's because she said she earned her first side hustle income as a freelance SEO writer for carpet cleaning companies. She said carpet writing wasn't the most exciting or lucrative niche, but it was a cool way to monetize a skill that she'd built, writing, and led her to directly to the work that she's doing today, helping couples better manage their money. After all, building wealth is a team sport. For Stephanie O'Connell from stephanieoconnell.com, there was this moment of realization she had to start taking her financial matters into her own hands.
3: This is Stephanie O'Connell, writer of all things millennial money at stephanieoconnell.com. In the spring of 2012, I was working as a professional musical theater actress. It had been my dream for as long as I could remember. And for the four years after my college graduation, that's what I'd been doing, performing, performing, And then a bunch of other things in between to pay my bills. Babysitting, personal assisting, hostessing, etc. So there I am, spring 2012, crammed into the world's tiniest tour van with six other actors and a full theatrical set, driving along a deserted highway somewhere in between Nebraska and Iowa, when I started thinking, "Eh, this might not be my dream after all. I loved what I did, but I hated the lifestyle. I hated figuring out how to stretch the $54 a day per diem to cover my hotel stay and meals. I hated searching for babysitting gigs anytime a show would close. I hated not having enough to go to my girlfriend's weddings or birthday parties and never having enough money to live on my own terms. So I started writing about it. Upon arrival at the Super 8 just outside of Omaha, I signed onto the Wi-Fi to claim my small piece of the internet with a $12 domain name and a free blogspot template where I started writing about navigating this delicate balance between my broke reality and the beauty of a passionate life pursued. Six months of sporadic internet musing and a few acting gigs later, I was coming up on yet another period of unemployment, and the prospect of diving headfirst into survival job mode just filled me with dread. So I took the entrepreneurial plunge, dropping a grand on my then hobby of writing about the complicated intersection of money and dreams to keep myself accountable. A professional web design and blog coach later, I launched stephanieoconnell.com. It was spring of 2013. By fall of that year, I had secured a couple of side gigs writing for other bloggers in the frugal living and personal finance space. By 2015, I had a book published, and by 2016, my income, a combination of professional writing and speaking and brand representation, it had tripled. I'm now a full-time entrepreneur, and I don't just do what I love. I'm able to afford and enjoy a lifestyle I love.
7: Hey
0: entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards Plus sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com business rewards to learn more. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to indeed.com slash side hustle show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash side hustle show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Could you tell that Stephanie was a professional actress? Now, I'm always hesitant to recommend someone in dire financial straits. Well, just invest in this one miracle course and watch all your problems go away. But in a way, I think investing in actionable, practical education probably makes more sense than dropping a hundred grand on a liberal arts degree that may or may not have any value in the marketplace. Plus, putting your money on the line can give you the fire you need to really make it work. And that's exactly what happened for Christy Johnson from alltheniches.com.
7: My name is Christy Johnson, and I'm a copywriter who lives in North Carolina. I started my side hustle back in 2014 in response to a divorce. So I knew fairly early on that I needed to turn my side hustle into a full-time income pretty quickly because I had a daughter who was going to college in a few years. So what I did was I took a course. And it took me three weeks to get my first client, six months to start making consistent income. And by the beginning of my second year, I was on retainer with a client that I'm still with to this day. I earn more money than I ever thought I could do as a self-employed person. And the best thing is that I get to do what I love for a living, and I can afford to take care of myself and my child, who is currently a rising sophomore in college in New York City. Thanks, Nick.
0: Well, after that endorsement, I had to figure out which course Chrissy had taken, and she told me it was the six-figure copywriting course from American Writers and Artists, Inc., AWAI, so you can find them at awaionline.com if you want to check them out. Next up is Ozil DeBastos from thinkozil.com.
8: What's going on, Nick and the Side Hustle Nation? This is Ozil of thinkozil.com. So my first experience with the side hustle is back in the AOL days uh, when the chat rooms were booming. And I remember being in the breakdancing chat room and I was a breakdancer and I was heavily involved in the breakdancing scene. And I was in there just building relationships with dancers from all over the world. Well, that turned into them sending me exclusive international breakdancing footage I mean, this was like some rare footage and they were doing breakdancing moves that we weren't used to seeing here in the US. So, I mean, this stuff was like really exclusive, like golden content here. So, I would then get the videos and convert them into NTSC format, dub them on blank VHS tapes and created a catalog, did all the artwork and would sell them to our local breakdance community and selling them in schools, and having just random strangers knocking on my door asking to purchase these videos, right? It was just a hot thing, you know, back, you know, people really wanted to see what the international breakdancers were up to, so yeah, it was a bit illegal, but hey, you know, back then, I didn't know what I was doing, and I simply wanted to get my side hustle on, if you know what I'm saying, so uh, that was my first experience with the side hustle, so... Honored to be able to share this story with you, Nick, and the Side Hustle Nation. Listen, man, congrats on the fourth year anniversary. Uh, Quite an accomplishment, brother. And I'm a big fan and appreciate everything you do for us Side Hustlers. So keep up the great work and cheers to many more.
0: I feel like there probably would have been a way to make that biz above board but in any case a learning experience all around next up Tyler Basu from tylerbasu.com used uh, the similar business model of creating something once that you could sell over and over again
9: hey nick it's Tyler Basu from Vancouver Canada here you asked for the story of my first side hustle income so for me it was actually uh, ebook publishing that was the first time i made any money outside of a normal job before that all my jobs were you know commission jobs sales jobs and so on uh, and so this was actually in 2013. Um, I was going to school for real estate, and what I had done uh, before that was door-to-door sales. So I ended up uh, learning from you at the time, and a few others like Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income, and other people who were publishing eBooks. And I decided uh, to write an eBook about sales, and I took, you know, those lessons I learned from door-to-door sales, uh, put it into a short eBook. I think it was about 15,000 words. Uh, self-published that on Amazon uh, while I was going to school it took me about two weeks to write the book um, and it spent another couple of weeks learning how to, to do a bit of marketing on Amazon getting the cover design things like that uh, but I remember that book making you know a few hundred bucks the first month I think and then it, it made from one to one to three hundred dollars a month for a couple of years without me really doing much and so that helped pay for school uh, you know went out for dinner a couple times Made a little bit of extra cash uh, thanks to that ebook, and uh, from that moment on, I was hooked. So I've done a lot of other things online since then, but it all started with that first uh, ebook on Amazon.
0: Dennis Smith from DennisJSmith.com also got his start with eBooks before branching out to Udemy.
9: I think it probably started back like
10: uh, about oh, maybe five to seven years ago when I wrote a book on social media called promote your business or cause using social media. But I started doing some local workshops in Boise where people would show up and they would pay me to learn about social media. And I would sell copies of the book to them because I, at that time I printed both physical copies using create space. And then of course, Amazon Kindle and then a friend of mine, Connie Brentford, had told me about Udemy, and she was teaching me a Twitter course on there, and so I decided to move my WordPress course that I already created over to Udemy, and that just started things from there, and that's my main focus is doing online courses. I have 11 courses now. Uh, I teach mostly marketing courses like WordPress and Kindle and a ConvertKit course, MailChimp, of course, And so I do that, and I uh, have created relationships with other instructors on Udemy. You can find me at
0: dennisjsmith.com. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Dennis. Hopefully, we can connect in San Francisco this summer. Now, books and courses can be a great source of passive income, but they're definitely not the only game in town. Next, Julia Tunstall from abarabove.com explains how how her first passive income came from a much more old-school source.
11: Hey, Nick, this is Julia from A Bar Above. And you might be surprised to hear that my very first side hustle income had nothing to do with blogging or bartending or anything related to A Bar Above. It was actually in, in investment real estate. Um, I had some savings that I had built up and we actually bought a little tiny house in the Midwest and rented it out to for folks to live in. And that was my very first side hustle income. I was definitely hooked at that point. I had some brief daydreams of that creating a full-time income, but let's to be honest, that's going to take a little while. <laughs> I'm going to have to do some a little bit more savings to get to that point. We actually still do um, real, real estate investment. Um, but as you know, we were hooked on the side hustle income and that's where A Bar Above came, hu- came from, which is now, I suppose, not really a side hustle anymore. It's our full-time hustle. So I call that a success. Anyway, happy fourth anniversary and I hope this helps.
0: So I've got to add this in here. I first met Julia and her husband, Chris, at two in the morning after a delayed flight, and we're waiting for this airport parking shuttle that conveniently just never came. So we ended up sharing a cab back to the parking lot, and we've been friends ever since. It's just one of those random chance encounters. I'm really glad happened. It turned a really frustrating situation into a pretty cool connection. So if real estate is one way to get it done, like Julia said, the stock market is another, as Jalpin explains.
12: Hello, Nick. This is Jalpan here. My website is passiveincomeengineering.com. Although I'm still in the midst of setting it up, the way that I made my first job-free income was actually from investing in the stock market, and it was using a vehicle called options. Now, uh, what that is is to explain it briefly is kind of like almost like collecting rental income, but instead of from a property, it's you're collecting rental income from your stocks. And what it is not is it's not options trading, which some people may have had an experience with and they didn't like it. That's something completely different. What I do is basically just use options as a way to collect uh, rental income, so to speak, regardless of what the stock market is doing. So I get paid, uh, regardless of what the stock market is doing and I get to pay, I get paid to sell my stocks at the price that I want or buy them at the price that I want. So that in a nutshell is how I made my first job free income.
0: The next message I got was from Tracy Minutolo from tracyminutolo.com.
13: This is Tracy Minutolo, side hustle coach at tracyminutolo.com. When I wanted to start a side business, I really struggled to come up with something someone out there would pay me for outside of my day job. I spent almost a year trying to come up with ideas and I just shot idea after idea down. Uh, resume writer, no. Guitar teacher, nope. Dog walker, probably not. Um, uh, in the end, it was actually a skill set that I had acquired while volunteering, updating WordPress blogs and running social media for a local charity event that I turned to. Basically, I was the only one on the event committee who didn't mind taking that stuff on. So I took it and I ran with it and I found out that I actually loved it. So I combined those skills with my attention for detail. I'm actually a scientist by training. Um, and my obsession for podcasts in the personal development and personal finance space. I reached out to a handful of podcasters I knew told them what I was up to, asked them for advice, and I landed my first client as a VA for podcasters.
0: I wasn't Tracy's first client, but I was a customer of hers for a little bit before she pivoted her business to the side hustle coaching she's doing now. Next up, all the way from Finland is Jan Ilunga from janilunga.com.
14: Hello, everyone. This is Jan Ilunga, podcasting consultant host of the Podcast Lab and the 3Six Entrepreneur Podcast and founder of the Podcast Success Academy and Podcast Success Summit. My very first side hustle was as a blogger slash content creator. I was a freelancer content creator for a website. I would write articles about jazz festivals, albums, jazz clubs and things like that. I then started to write as a freelancer for a newspaper too, so I expanded on the range of topics I would write about. I really enjoyed writing content, but I realized that writing the content alone wasn't enough. In fact, the design of a website, in this case, since we're talking about online content, contributes to the user experience. So even though I may have written, quote unquote, great content. If the design didn't support that, not many people would have read the content. That's why I decided to start creating websites. So I started to play around with WordPress. I started to study how the platform worked, how themes worked and all these kind of things. And then I started to not only to create content, but also to develop websites, which was really exciting, number one. And number two is something that is still be very useful to this day because now I'm able to apply some of the things I learned there for my own business and for my own websites, which is fantastic. If you're thinking about a side hustle, my advice is start simple. Congratulations, Nick, on this big achievement. Keep doing what you're doing because the side hustle show rocks and so do you.
0: Start simple. That mantra worked for Jan and it worked for Kim Anderson from thriftylittlemom.com as well.
15: Hi, Nick. This is Kim Anderson from Thrifty Little Mom and the Thrifty Little Mom podcast. Uh, When I first quit my full-time job, I was trying to find as many ways as humanly possible to make an extra income. So the first thing I did all at the same time was I figured out that I could make sock monkeys and I would make the sock monkeys and sell them at craft sales and they would sell out like hotcakes. And then at the same time, I figured out that I could go to thrift stores and buy kids electronic educational toys. I could take them to kids consignment sales and mark them up, and make quite a profit. And the last thing that I was doing at the same time to kind of get my side hustle up was I would go to thrift stores and buy vintage dresses and like really boho things. And I would take them to this really hipster boho store in town and they would jack the prices up so high, like on consignment. And they would just send me checks in the mail for all the clothes that they sold that I had bought for like one or two bucks. It was pretty sweet. So, those are the ways that I made my side hustle when I quit my full time job.
0: Sally Miller from sallyannmiller.com was on the other side of Kim's consignment sale business.
16: Hi, Nick. This is Sally Miller here from sallyannmiller.com. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share my story. Um, My first side hustle is a little bit surprising. It has nothing to do with the online world, even though that's why I ended up. In fact, it was a kid's consignment event business. So I was a stay-at-home mom. I'd given up my corporate job i was staying home because i wanted to be with my little girl and i started a kids consignment business what i did is i held two events a year where moms could come and buy and sell their gently used kid stuff i liked it in fact i actually love parts of it but i never really made any money the best thing that came out of it though was i learned a lot about running an online business running a facebook page and just i got excited about the opportunities in the online world And that's why I switched things up eventually and got into writing books and now creating courses. Anyway, once again, I kept this just one minute and I want to say, thanks, Nick. I really appreciate the chance to share my story. Good luck with your project.
0: Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty I should add that Sally has done really well as a self-published author with titles like Make Money on Airbnb and Make Money as a Freelance Writer. Now, next up is another entrepreneur who found success in the online world. This is Mike Resica from YoungArchitect.com.
17: My name is Michael Resica, and I'm an architect from Portland, Oregon. My side hustle is YoungArchitect.com. My side hustle became a full-time hustle much faster than I ever dreamed it would. After I completed my licensing process, I decided to start blogging. I wanted to start an architecture blog because working on these exams was so boring. I needed some sort of expression after suppressing my creativity for years while I studied. I purchased YoungArchitect.com and started blogging about architecture, the education, and the profession. The site had a great start. Very quickly, I learned every time I blogged about the architect exam, I received a huge positive response from my readers. So I just kept writing about it. In the beginning, I monetized the site by recommending books I used to study on Amazon. My mind was blown when in the first few months I earned $200 by just sending people into Amazon to buy books I highly endorsed. Nick Loper said to me, hey man, if you can make $200, then making $2,000 isn't unattainable. I ended up self-publishing a little black book called How to Pass the Architect Exam, and I created a 10-week program that guides people through getting started on the process. It took me one and a half years from when I started the side hustle for it to become a full-time hustle. But most importantly, it allowed me to quit my painful corporate architecture job. Blogging, helping people pass the architect exam, and being a self-employed architect is what I do full-time now.
0: I love it, Mike. Thanks for sharing. Now, Mike mentioned affiliate marketing as one of his income streams. Send people to Amazon or another store and earn a referral commission. This is one of my favorite ways to earn money online. I've been doing it for over a decade. But still, I'm a baby in the industry compared to Priest Willis Sr. from AffiliateMission.com.
18: Hey, Nick Priest here. Hey, I wanted to uh, leave a message in response to your Facebook posts in regards to kind of the first money that we started to get without an actual income from a job. For me, uh, a lot of it was early on. Uh, I started doing affiliate back in 96, 97, and I started with Amazon. Amazon happened to be one of the first companies to start with affiliate programs, so, my friend and I, we started a, an online community. We built it through Front Page and we started making affiliate money a little early on. Then I got a lot better at building websites and ultimately went into Dreamweaver. So, I started to actually build websites for people and do some drop shipping through eBay. Then I got into white label drop shipping with other companies selling costumes. So I did a lot of online stuff, but still kind of handled some product along the way with the right uh, white label drop shipping using places like Commerce Hub and stuff like that to manage inventory. That's kind of what made me stick in affiliate marketing completely was so that I didn't have any overhead in terms of product or dealing with uh, something along those lines. And it just brought me back to when I started earlier on, in the online space, if you will, you know, working in affiliates and how much more fun I had to just kind of put up banners and sell product and talk about product, but not necessarily be involved in the day to day. And that included building websites, too. I didn't have to build websites. I didn't have to get on eBay and then eBay all of a sudden start to their prices. So affiliate I've done wholeheartedly and done really well. Outside of any kind of job, uh, just having an affiliate business and and kind of building things around that. Thanks for that opportunity, man. Talk to you later. Again, that was Priest Willis
0: from AffiliateMission.com. Next up is Aja McClanahan from PrinciplesOfIncrease.com.
19: Hey, Nick. It's Aja McClanahan of PrinciplesOfIncrease.com. And the very first dollar that I earned outside of a job was actually when I was 10 or 11 years old. I had a Kool Aid stand. With a friend, we earned just enough money to go to the skating rink on the weekends. Fast forward, that entrepreneurial bent stayed with me until my early 20s, where I began to do sales and marketing consulting, and eventually that led to database consulting. So when I was 23 years old, I incorporated my first business. I only had one official corporate job out of college. And after that, I was pretty much an entrepreneur. Recently, I left database consulting to preach the financial freedom gospel on my website. And this is how I currently earn job-free income. It took about eight months before I started making any money. But when I finally did, it was kind of the same feeling I had as a child when I was earned my first dollar outside of a job. It was like rediscovering how to make money all on my own all over again. So that is my story. And thanks for sharing it.
0: You bet, Aja. Thanks for the call. Sometimes all you need to fund your lifestyle is a little service business and a few clients. And in Daniel Isbell's case from snaps, scribbles and suitcases.com, it might even fund the trip of a lifetime.
20: Hi, my name is Danielle and my first side hustle income I consider to be when someone I didn't know hired me for a photography shoot. It was for a corporate event and it was full of people I didn't know and it was terrifying and also very necessary in getting the confidence that I needed uh, to ask for future gigs. I was able to pursue photography for a while as a side hustle. And it was a great way for my husband and I to, husband and I, to save up additional money as we were saving up to do a long-term trip around the world. We are currently traveling and I'm working on a different side hustle now. I am working as a digital marketer. So I'm able to continue to travel, continue to earn additional m- income on the side. And um, who knows what will happen next. But that first side hustle, income definitely helped me get the confidence in in my abilities, both as a photographer and just as a freelance professional to put myself out there and ask for what I was worth. Um, You can find us on our travel blog, because of course, we're doing that to share our adventures around the world, both how we saved up and budgeted um, and even a little bit of the side hustle tips at snapscribblesandsuitcases.com.
0: Now, when it comes to scaling or growing a service business, you've got a few options. You can raise your rates, you can hire help, or you can build products. My next two callers have done all three to improve the bottom line of their businesses and really scale up their expertise. First up is Morgan McDonald from PaperRavenBooks.com.
21: Hey, Side Hustle Nation. My name is Morgan Gist McDonald. I'm a book coach and the founder of Paper Raven Books. But that was not my first gig. <laughs> My first gig was my side hustle as a freelance editor. So I started my side hustle in graduate school. I was getting a PhD for sociology and I'd always enjoyed editing, right? I'd been editor of my high school newspaper. I got a a bachelor's in English lit and sociology. And so when I got to grad school, I just started offering to help my colleagues and even some professors help with papers, theses, dissertations whatever. And I started to get a reputation as someone that was worth working with. And yeah, I wasn't charging very much. I think it was like 15 to $18 an hour, but I was building up a client base and I was learning how to work with clients and to preserve that relationship and to get my systems down. And during my second year, I was not loving academia and I couldn't imagine staying in for the PhD. So I left with my master's which was good timing because then I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. (laughs) And I did keep freelance editing for my former network and just asking for referrals. My husband graduated from law school and we moved to New York City for his job. And I started teaching college level sociology. And I had a babysitter two days a week for the teaching while I continued the freelance editing the other days. And I just did the editing during my one-year-old's nap time and after her bedtime. And then I found out that I was pregnant with baby number two. <laughs> I kept teaching, I had maternity leave over the summer, and I went back to part time teaching, part time side hustling. But we were living in Brooklyn with two little kids under the age of three who had the strollers and going up and down the stairs and all that. We had our babysitter two days a week, but my commute was an hour and a half out to Long Island, and I was tired. So I decided to quit teaching, I kept my babysitter one day a week, and I officially took my side hustle to my, you know, my full-time focus. So we only had the sitter one day a week, so really I guess my full-time focus was being a mom, but during that one day I was hustling like a fool, <laughs> building a website, rebranding as Paper Raven Editing, and building up my client base, starting to experiment with social media and webinars and list building and all this all that jazz. Fast forward to today, just to give you a sneak peek of what can happen, eventually I did hit my ceiling. And although I was charging $55 an hour for my editing services, I didn't feel like I could charge enough or work enough hours to make this whole Paper Raven editing thing worthwhile. I rebranded as Paper Raven Books. Now we're a publishing team and I'm the managing editor and I hire freelancers to work on my projects. So today... Paper Raven Books is on track for its first six figure year, and it's a completely streamlined, scalable model that we can take up, up, and up. So, if you want to find out more about me, go to paperravenbooks.com or you can connect with me on Facebook. Just search for Paper Raven Books. Alrighty, thank you, Nick, for having me on, and thank you, Side Hustle Nation. Keep hustling.
0: I love it. So, that's one way to grow. Another option is to package your expertise into digital products, which is what Andy McCabe from the TheClaim.Clinic has done to add a passive income channel to his unique subject matter expertise in the world of insurance damage claims.
22: Howdy, y'all. Andy McCabe here. I started a website called The Claim Clinic, a podcast. I also wrote a book, uh, The 24-Hour Tech, and uh, made a, a video training series to go along with that, and it was all motivated by... The things that I'd heard and learned from Nick and the Side Hustle Nation. Uh, it was a, a move of desperation on my part. I had just been fired from a third job in three years and was just tired of being fired. And so I decided to take the knowledge that I learned from the Side Hustle Nation and, and apply it in the real world. And, and it worked. You put in the work, you you build a quality product or write a good book, and then you promote it and sell it and and I got to tell you there's there's no prouder moment or fewer prouder moments than holding a book in your hand turning to the back page and seeing your name in your face as the author and uh it wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for for the side hustle nation and and just the the fact that folks are out there doing it and not just telling you how to do it they're showing you they're they're doing it and, and proving that it can be done and, and removing the barriers, which is which I think is the biggest benefit of, of being a part of the nation. It's just realizing that we're not alone and it's not as hard as as some folks might make it seem. So I'm glad to see the, the nation growing. Glad to see it's still going strong. and uh, nothing but love, Mr. Nick, take care.
0: To bring
23: us home, this is Scott Carlson from podcastinglab.com. Hey, Nick, this is Scott Carlson with podcastinglab.com. My story starts back in 1998. I was working in Los Angeles, California as a system administrator. We used IBM AIX, which is a type of Unix. My roommate worked with me and he was trying to become AIX certified. So the company loaned him a computer. This computer cost about a thousand dollars. But I found if I, when I looked on eBay, I could buy the parts for about 150. So I bought these parts. I put the computer together, loaded the operating system and it was exactly like his for $150. I sold it on eBay for 300 the very next day. I was hooked. I said, this is, this is, this is what I want to do. So I started scouring eBay looking for more of these parts and I found a guy selling a pallet. But I had to buy they were like thirty-five bucks a piece, but I had to buy the whole pallet. So I rented a storage unit, I had the pallet delivered there. The s- servers didn't have hard drives. So I found another guy selling some hard drives. And then I had to find memory. And but I put everything together, had everything delivered to this storage unit, and it ended up costing me about fifty bucks per computer to build. And I would install the operating system and I even created a website called Tayasi Technologies where I it was just for legitimacy. And I think it said buy a training server from Scott or something like that. So I was putting these auctions up on eBay about every four days and I was selling them for 300, 350 bucks a piece and they cost me 50 bucks to build. I was so excited. This, this went on for about a year and then one day my auctions didn't sell and I didn't know why. So I, as I I, I, look, I did a search for my keywords and there was another seller called IBM Certified Used that was they, they were selling my exact same computer for $30 a piece. And they had about a thousand auctions running at the same time. I was done. There was nothing I could do at that point. So what I did was I put a lot of the parts back on eBay. I sold the hard drives to Boeing. I took the rest of it to a, a computer recycling center and I was out of business. But I learned a lot, you know, thinking back on it, I probably could have pivoted. It was a lot of things I could have done, but I really enjoyed it. It really started me off to become an entrepreneur.
0: Now, I purposely chose to wrap up this roundup with Scott's story because I think it's a great illustration that businesses often don't last forever, but you can get back up again. Sometimes it's an abrupt shutdown, like in the case with IBM coming in and flooding the market. Sometimes it's a Google algorithm update. Sometimes it's a cease and desist letter. And other times it can be a long, slow decline. I've experienced both flavors and they both taste pretty bitter if I'm being honest, but you keep your eyes open for the next thing and you keep going. And that brings me to my top takeaways from this special four-year anniversary edition of the Side Hustle Show. Number one, Along those lines, failure is temporary. And if we're being totally honest, so is success. And I guess so is life if we, if we want to get really deep to it. But to dial it back uh, a little bit, I think all the side hustlers you heard from saw their failures as steps on the ladder rather than uh, a missing wrong. They learned and they knew they were going to get another, another chance, another at-bat tomorrow. Takeaway number two is there's opportunity everywhere. You just heard from 25 people making money in a ton of different ways from writing to real estate to sock monkeys to carpet flipping, I guess. And I think the the homework assignment from all this is to spend the next 24 hours thinking about who got paid to create everything around you, everything you interact with. Somebody made money from that. And if you're starved for business ideas, you'll come up with hundreds if you end up writing these down. And takeaway number three is choosing what's next doesn't mean choosing what's forever. I know I shouldn't have been surprised to hear about so many twisting entrepreneurial paths because mine's been the exact same, but I think it was actually helpful to hear. So I started doing this, then I transitioned into doing this, and today I do something totally different. So moral of the story, start something. It's not the lifelong commitment you're making it out to be. Uh, You can find all the notes and links from this episode, including the full roster of participants and links to their website at SideHustleNation.com slash 230. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. I'll see you then. Hustle on.
15: Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.SideHustleNation.com.